Hello and welcome to episode 307 of the Extra Features podcast, a movie review podcast where we will spoil a lot of these movies. Uh, I am Doug and with me is... Simon, have I ever missed an episode? No, you have not. Like, I've really got to take a time off, get out of my mailbox. <laughs> All right, so would you want to just jump right into our... Our uh, reviews of movies. I do have something to say, Doug. It's Christmas oh, you do? season. Okay. Are you watching Christmas movies? Not yet. I'm not watching Christmas movies yet because Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday because uh, I love to eat and I love visiting family. So I, I don't want to skip over Thanksgiving and jump right into Christmas movies yet. Do you understand in Canada Thanksgiving is past, right? Yes, I do understand that. But here you, in, in the States, we have Thanksgiving. You I understand you've never invited me for Thanksgiving either. It's not my place to invite you. I go to visit family. I can't just invite strange Canadians down south. I'm not family yet. Family. <laughs> I'm not family yet. Interesting. I'm going to take this up with Owen. Fair. Uh, now, now, there's a question we're going to ask Owen. Since later today, you've well, – yeah, Doug's going to see a film I'm dying to see, but we'll bring that up at a later date. That's not my question. I'm going to ask Owen if I'm allowed to come. I want you to ask Owen. Okay. I, I will and ask We're going to bring this up next episode <laughs> and see what Owen says. There you go. Questions that Owen doesn't know because he doesn't <laughs> listen to our show. No, He's he like, that's Dad's thing. We, we, I don't <laughs> do that. So – are we getting close, Doug? I feel we're finally getting to good movie season, I call it. We better be, because I'll be honest, in 2022, the number of like truly great films has been abysmal. I think I could name maybe four or five movies that I thought were truly excellent this year, and that's it. I mean, it's been a pretty weak year for movies, in my opinion. I think COVID had a lot to do with that. That's possible, but I also think that a lot of the big movies that people were looking forward to, uh, all the Marvel films and stuff, I, I will be honest and say none of them have really impressed me that much. Okay. Uh, but that's Hope me. I haven't seen Black Panther yet. I haven't seen Tar yet. I haven't seen Fableman yet. So, I mean, to me, there's so much coming out still that I haven't seen that I can't really... Making the pick, the Martin McDonough film, I have not seen. So, I mean, those to me are films that I expect to be in my top ten list. Not saying Black Panther will be. I'm saying Tar, the Martin McDonough film with Fableman, I all expect. I mean, even the menu with Ray Fiennes and Boping will make my top ten list. I don't know. I haven't seen it. That's coming up. So yeah, The menu just looks fun to me. I, so I, I, don't, to me, I don't know if it'll be great, but fun. I don't know. I, I don't watch trailers, so I don't know. And last night I was at a UFC fight, and they had a prolonged trailer for Wakanda Forever. Okay. At the caster, so I have my hand sitting over my <laughs> face, trying not to watch anything because I haven't seen the ad. People are like, "You haven't seen this yet? It came out yesterday." I'm like, "I like the rest of you people. I have a life and a very busy one at times." So, just going to give you a quick rundown. I promise people will get to the show. Don't worry. So tonight I have to work my second job. Monday night, I'm off, but I have a busy day at work. I've been off for a week and really just been really busy seeing friends that like me to come over. Um, 
Tuesday, I'm not working. I just regular job. Taking my daughter to dance because my wife's busy all week. Wednesday, back to see Jeff Dunham. So I'll give you guys a full report on Jeff Dunham next time we talk. Uh, Thursday night's kid stuff. I'm at the gym Tuesday, Thursday. So when I'm not doing anything, I'm at the gym working out. Friday, back to work. Saturday, back to father-in-law. Next Sunday is the next day I don't have anything on. So you'll have a busy movie theater day that day then. Yes, I'm hoping to finally see something, but it's football. So, and I got American football on Thursday with four games on it because Americans love turkey and football. Yes. Except for Doug. <laughs> I just love turkey. Yes. Which is fair. <laughs> movie time, Doug. All right. So let's get into them bodies, 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 directed <sighs> by Kalina Rajan, starring Maria Bakalova, Amandala Stenberg. Mahala Herald, Rachel Sennett, Chase Sue Wonders, Lee Pace, and Pete Davidson. Uh, I will be honest. I, I went into this movie with pretty low expectations. Uh, I am a fan of Maria Bakalova. I think she's a really good actress. I kind of love this movie. It, it felt like clue for millennials for me. Uh, the, the mystery of it, it all made sense at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed it. If you pay attention to what characters are with what other characters throughout the movie, you see how the, and I don't want to spoil it. Cause I think this is one. If you spoil, it will oh destroy the movie, destroy the movie. So if you pay attention to who is with who, how the killings take place, it all makes sense at the end. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of loved it. It, it. it was it was different than what I expected it to be, and I and I liked it all the more for that. Well, I didn't hate it. Is that a positive? I didn't. That is hate a, it. that is positive. I didn't love it. I kind of gave her that four range. So I'm like, eh, it could use a little bit of improvement. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with the lighting in the film. I thought okay. it's a little dark for me. I, I didn't. I liked the lead characters a lot. Maria Bakalova and the other woman, I quite liked. You know what? This is what bugs me about millennials. This is what exactly I feel millennials <laughs> talk about. Absolutely nothing of interest to me. They're all worried about themselves and this. And I, it, it drove me nuts. Maybe I'm getting to that level of old, crusty old man, which I hope so. I've been waiting years to get here. But it's, it did nothing for me. I, I get why people like it. I get why you like it. It just wasn't for me. I just thought some of the acting, Ellie Pace is wonderful. Please don't think it's Lee Pace. But the one that was going on about not inviting body, I've just, go away. I don't want to hear any more about body shame. I don't care. I don't like Pete Davidson. Enough of him, too. I just, I'm getting to the point that I need something new. I think maybe that's why I like Smile so much and you hated it in the last episode. I just, it's does this is just not for me. I know this film was not made with me at all. This was made for my daughter and younger people. Owen, this is their generation's movies. This might be their Caddyshack. Who knows? Yeah. Or their I, clothes. I, I did recommend it to Owen. I told him he likes the movie Clue. So I said, this is Clue for millennials. This is that, that's what I called it. And I stand by that. I, I think, I agree. I think it, it is a really biting satire yes. of millennials, and 
and their self-involvement. And it just gets ridiculously violent at times, too. It does. I, I, the, the Lee Pace scene in the gym, that was shockingly violent. I, I won't say what happens, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I, it took me for a ride, and it, and it had surprises in it. I, I quite enjoyed this movie. Which is fine. I have not going to argue. If you told me you liked uh, other films later on, maybe we'll have some issues. But we'll get into there when we get there. Yeah, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies just wasn't for me. I really have nothing a lot to say about it because I don't really think there's a lot in here. I think you really just got to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a one-location thing. It takes place during a storm, and they're idiots for hanging out together because that's what millennials do. They think they can live forever. So they just are at that age. I totally get where this film is coming from. It's just, I prefer my 80s teen comedies, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. That's fair. Uh, so are, are you ready to discuss A Good Nurse? Yes, I am. All right. The Good Nurse, directed by Tobias Lindholm, starring Jessica Chastain, Eddie Redmayne, Noah Emmerich, and Kim Dickens. Uh, I'll start off with this one. I, I thought this is very slow moving, uh, but I kind of really loved it. it, it it's a uh, not only is it a serial killer movie, it's also a biting indictment of the U.S. healthcare system here. Uh, I thought Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne were really good in their roles here. Uh, don't really have a lot bad to say about this. It, it it kind of captured me the way it was shot, the way it was acted. Uh, it just brought me in. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I will say it is not for everyone because it is slow moving. It's not a typical serial killer movie. There is not uh, overt violence throughout the movie or anything like that. But I, I was just captivated by the acting and the storytelling going on here. Okay, well, I got a different opinion. I watched this with my wife, because I always like to see what she thinks, see if I'm crazy. Well, she lives with me, so that's probably, I am crazy. She's crazy, but that's fine. So we started this off, and I found it very slow. I almost told my wife it's coming off like a TV movie. Like the pacing is like one of those four-part miniseries or five-part miniseries. What's going to happen next? And I found it so slow-moving. And that was my biggest problem. I mean, Jessica State is wonderful, but I find I really think they went out of their way to ugly her up. Do you know okay. what I'm saying? And their makeup and her dress, right? She's being very dowdy, very basic, <laughs> just trying to get make ends meet, which she is. I think we definitely get that throughout the film. I think they kind of gloss over her issues a little bit, like that she's having. They kind of just sort of left that in the last third of the film. Do you know what I mean? But they're saying based on a true story. So that tells me that really did happen, obviously. Well, that's the thing. I also did – because I kind of thought that maybe she was a made-up character, like an amalgam of different nurses. I was thinking the same thing, too, at one point. But I I did look it up, and she was 100% real. She actually did help the cops. Uh, She wore a wire and stuff. And so, yeah, she she was 100% real. And, I mean – I think the ending was a little rough for me. I really didn't buy the change in him. 
I think I might, maybe it happened that way, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I think there, he may just said, screw it, I'm done. I've had enough of doing this. Do you know what I mean? But you're right. I think it's more of a, a film about the damnation of the American healthcare system than anything else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes after them. And I mean, I love Noah Emmerich. He can do, he's one of the character actors on another show. I love him. He's just one of my favorite actors. And Kim Dickens, again, is another one of my favorite actors. He does a great job. I think the problem is the story just moves too slow because the problem is they don't have a lot here. Do you know what I mean? There's no real intrigue to find out. We just, we know what the film's about pretty much. I knew nothing going in Mm -hmm. other than a basic that I knew some deaths occurred. And that's really all I knew. So I think they were slowing it down because they didn't have a lot of stuff to do because there's really not a lot to give us here. It's supposed to, they claim it, it was a thriller. I'm like, this is not really a thriller, guys. This is more like a dramatic, a drama yeah. to me. Because I asked my wife, do you want to watch this? She said, yeah, it's a thriller. I love thrillers. Yeah. I think it was mismarketed in that sense. I think it was good to dump on Netflix because I don't think this would have done well in theaters at all. No, probably not. But and I, I think, think it was very cheap to make, other than your cast. I think that's why they cast such strong actors in all those roles mm-hmm. to give it a sense of purpose. Because without that, this film would fall flat in his face. Oh yeah, I, you definitely need actors of Chastain and Redmayne's uh, prowess to tell this story. If you're going to go the slow, methodical route about it, and I, I don't know. I, there was something that it just drew me in, like the scene where she's in the hospital and she's checking all the IV bags and she's squeezing them. And then the one has the stream come out. I thought that was so beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Oh, absolutely. It, beautiful it, was, shot. It, it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed this movie. It's just too slow for me. I gave it a five <laughs> out of 10 and I'm sticking to that. And I didn't bash it. It was just too slow for me. It worked. My wife said the same thing. So I have backup to what I have to say for a change. That is fair. Uh, so I guess our next film would be uh, Mr. Harrigan's Phone, another Netflix uh, original film directed by John Lee Hancock, starring Donald Sutherland, Jaden Martell, and Kirby Howell Baptiste as well. So I guess my turn to start. So Where did you what, find this film? Okay. How did you know this existed? I've, I've a, never heard of it. I've been on a Stephen King kick recently. Oh, it's uh, a Stephen King watching. thing? Yeah, it's based on a Stephen King story. Aha, uh-huh, that's why you're making me watch it. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yes. <laughs> um, I think this film is I, – I got to say I'll start here. It was – Again, I have a slow issue. I don't like slow-moving things. And I thought it was going one way, right at the beginning of the film, when he's showing up, I'm like, is this guy going to take a header? Like, I thought he's really just going to take a header. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be in. But no. And it slowly moves, and it rolls out his story at a very slow pace. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's okay. Reading the book. I'm like, yeah, great. Read the book. And then, and then I find that when he get the cell phone gets introduced, oh my god! Finally, finally, I have some movement here of interest. But I never felt it really. I liked parts of it. I liked the part when he got the weird text that mm-hmm. sort of threw him off. It threw me off, and I kind of, okay, I like that introduction. That was a good introduction there. 
Beverly Fell just slowed down again right after that. <laughs> and I wanted it to go more. I wanted more. I thought the school bully thing was just dumb. I really thought there should have been more to it than that. And maybe a different, maybe more relationship with that girl that he's texting with in the, the phone kind of thing. <laughs> and I just thought the bully was kind of weak. I did recognize him. I know he's somebody from some film. I've seen him a few times. Um, I don't know. I wanted more from this. I don't know what I was looking for, but it wasn't this. I just felt it introduces concepts and gets interesting for maybe 10 minutes and just sort of goes right back to where it was. Like, mm -hmm. I really don't need teenage angst like this. I mean, this guy needs some help or something. Like, I don't know. I understand you lost your friend. I get that. I, I, I related to you. But you just stay on that same plane the whole time. Yeah, the, this movie was kind of a disappointment for me. It, it was a very typical Stephen King story. Oh, so you would know that. I wouldn't. Yeah, it, it, uh, the young protagonist who's a writer, uh, the bully, and nobody will help him with the bully. Uh, even though he's this outsider, he still has this group of friends. Uh it was very stereotypical Stephen King. Uh, I think he wrote this at around the time cell phones started becoming a big thing. So he wanted to make cell phones creepy, I guess. Uh, it just didn't really work that well for me. Uh, I, I didn't think any of the horror actually hit for me very well. Was there a horror? Like, I didn't feel there was. Uh, I, I think you were supposed to be creeped out by the phone and the the causing of deaths by asking for them, but since we don't really see anything, it, it, the horror never really hits. Uh, I guess Jaden Martell is now the go-to Stephen King protagonist after it's chapter one and two and this. Uh, he might have been in something else that I'm forgetting at the moment, but... Yeah, I, it just really – this is a miss for me. I, I would not recommend this film. I'm not either. I just – no. Well, at least you know where Steve will be happy, Doug. They're doing all the Stephen King on Netflix, so you can just keep watching them here. Yes, that is true. So just turn it on, even though American Netflix is better than Canadian Netflix. Oh, really? I we did don't not have know the that. Same stuff. We do not have the same stuff. So, so would you say Canadian Netflix is kind of like a lost highway? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so, yes, Lost Highway, uh, directed by David Lynch, starring Bill Pullman, Patricia Arquette, Balthazar Getty, Robert Blake, Robert Loja, and in his final film performance, uh, I would say a glorified cameo by uh, – by, uh, oh, crap, I didn't write his name down. Uh, shit, now I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. Hold on oh, a second. this is good. I kind of like this because Doug's been waiting. So just so people <laughs> know, we've had to delay the show a couple times just due to scheduling difficulties. So Doug's been waiting for Opinion Lost Highway because I did not post anything on Twitter about Lost Highway because I know Doug would be looking there, so I refuse to write my review of this yet. <laughs> So now he wants to know what I think. So while he's thinking of the name, I will finally tell him what I think of Lost Highway. Richard Pryor, by the way. For some reason, I blanked on Richard Pryor. I have seen Lost Highway. This is my first Lynch film. Really? 
I saw this year when it came out. I took me. I'm like, I've seen this movie because parts of it I remembered. So the first half an hour of Lost Highway, I was lost, completely going, where is this going? I am so lost. And then the space guy shows up, and I'm like, okay. And then they cut to a brand new character. I'm like, uh, okay. You know what, Doug? I'm going to let you in now. I liked okay. it. Nice. I actually enjoyed this. <laughs> I'm like, the part with Patricia Carquette gets butt-ass naked. I'm like, winner! <laughs> winner! Right there. I'm like, I love Patricia Carquette. I always do it. I'm like, Wow. Those Rosanna, I don't know, whoever. She's hot. I don't care. I love this movie. And I really, really liked it. It is, I need to probably watch it again to quite understand. I know I missed stuff. Because I was so confused at times. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. I got it. It's starting to make sense now. It's all, okay, I got it. <laughs> but it's kind of weird. It kind of, I was trying to think of the movie. Maybe the box. I thought it was kind of like the the guy that made the box ripped off Lost Highway. Okay. You know, like when the guy just sort of shows up as the evil guy, I'm like, okay. But I, the guy, whoever plays him, was perfect. The little short guy was awesome. Okay. But this thing just gets a little more bizarre by the end, but I, I kind of liked it. I kind of was given a weird recommend. I don't know fully because I don't think I understood it, but I liked it. I thought it was beautifully shot. Probably one of my favorite Lynch films shot. The use of shadows in this film and really proportionate, I don't know, height levels. Mm-hmm. I find he's always shooting things above or below or on weird angles. Like even in the prison, I find he's shooting on a weird side. I love it. It was so different to my eyes. And I think that was probably my more distraction in watching the film was getting used to the different camera angles he's using and different lighting. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. So I will give Lost Highway a positive review. I liked it. I like the characters. Nice. Uh, I th- like I said, I think a rewatch will really help me understand what I missed. Because I found I was trying to grasp at straws a lot during it, trying to understand it. And I'm like, Doug will probably tell me two or three times, I'll get this film instantly. I'll understand where they're going because I know where it's going now. Yeah, I, I, this was like my third time viewing. And does and it help? Somewhat. Uh, this time I, I really got how it's kind of a story of two halves. Uh, yes, absolutely. That there's like a dreamlike half and then a nightmare-like half. And like the Bill Pullman story is the nightmare story. Bill mm-hmm. Pullman, it's all dark and oppressive. And then the Balthazar Getty st- story, that's more open. There, There's more daylight. It, it's... I, I don't know. I I I kind of love it. I mean, uh, I I've did a little more reading this half or, or this time watching, and I've seen people saying that if you pay attention to the Bill Pullman character, he is actually guilty of the crime he's commit, uh, the crime of murdering his wife. Uh, that well, I thought that was evident that it's actually a very abusive relationship because when they're walking around the house with the cops, the cops are asking the questions and the wife answers immediately. 
but then looks to Bill Pullman to make sure her answers were okay. So there are subtle things in there like that. Uh, first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he w- I thought it was like the fugitive. He's falsely accused of murdering his wife. But but now I'm seeing, oh, yeah, he actually did. He, he was abusive and he murdered her in cold blood. Uh, I, I love the Robert Blake character. He was just so creepy. Just, I'm in your house right now. And I, I don't know. I, it, it was wonderful. And <clears throat> the one story I, I distinctly remember from David Lynch's autobiography is Robert Loja had auditioned for the role of Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. Okay. He didn't get the role. He, when he found out it went to Dennis Hopper, he let loose on David Lynch with this most vulgar tirade. You really? mother. Yeah. And that stuck with David Lynch for so long. That was the basis for the road rage scene in this movie. Oh. He, he, he wrote it down and said, Robert Loja didn't have to audition. He just said, I want to give you this part. And the, your road rage scene is based on you yelling at me for not uh, casting you as Frank Booth. Wow. So, so I, and I love the road rage scene. It makes me laugh so hard. I don't know why it's incredibly violent, but I love it. It makes me laugh. Oh, there you go. Like, that's funny because, I mean, I could see Frank Lotion playing that part in Blue Velvet. No problem. <laughs> I, I think Dennis Hopper was the right choice, though. Oh, I agree with you. He, he works perfectly. Amazing. It's a perfect film. Blue Velvet's a perfect film, no doubt in my mind. So there you go, people. I like a Lynch film. Don't let anybody know. <laughs> nice. And uh, and now our final film is actually going to be a movie we missed on our Halloween special. Yes, which I apologize. We'll be out any week now. Just when I have some home time, hopefully this week, because I've People don't know. I've extended my gym workouts from 45 minutes to an hour and a half now. So, and I'm going four days a week. So I'm a little more tired than I used to be. And just, it's dance season for me. So it's six days a week of dance and teenagers. So I'm a personal (laughs) Uber driver. So I'm working on it. It has been started. It will come out. I promise. That is fair. But our last film of the episode will be The Bride of Frankenstein, directed by James Whale, starring Boris Karloff, Colin Clive, Valerie Hobson, Ernest Thesiger, and, and Elsa Lancaster. And I will be honest, I think James Whale is one of the most underrated directors in Hollywood ever. Well, uh, I agree. I love Frankenstein. I love Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, uh, Showboat, Dark, uh, The Dark House, I think it's called. I've not seen uh, it. He is an amazing director, and I think this movie really showcases how wonderful he is. It's funny. It's tense. And I think Karloff, underneath all that makeup, gives an incredible performance as the creature in this movie. Uh, The creature talks for the first time in this movie, and that's a bit more true to the Mary Shelley book, because the creature talked in the book. Uh, And I think the line, we belong dead, is so profound. 
I, I think this this movie I would say is almost a perfect film. Uh, I love this movie from top to bottom. Well, I want to go a little bit more depth. I love this film, but I don't know if it's a Frankenstein film. I think it's the the Doctor Frankenstein film. It's not the monster film. Sorry, Frankenstein's the Doctor. It's not. It's a Doctor film. I find it gives us so much more depth on him. <laughs> and thing, I had forgotten the whole scene. You know when he goes to visit the other Doctor, and yes. he has all those creatures in the bottle. That's just amazing work for that period. Yes. And I'm just Dr. like, wow, Pretorius. Dr. Pretorius. I'm like, wow, this is stunningly shot. And that things, they look real. Yes. I mean, obviously I know it's a, they've cut the scene down to fit into there, but that impressed me immensely that whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I love how we got to know more about Frankenstein. I really find this film builds the mythos much more. Cause you learn more about him and what a dick who's hunting down the monster. Eh? That guy yes. hunting him down? What a dick. Oh, I'll get that monster. And then they finally chain up the monster. He's like, I've had enough of this crap. It breaks out. And this film made me fall in love. Actually, Frankenstein made me fall in love with Una O'Connor. Okay. That's the housekeeper? Mm-hmm. So I actually do own a signed photo of Una O'Connor because oh, of this amazing. film. I bought it years ago. I presume, I've never had it authenticated, but it looks real for me. I mean, I only paid 40 bucks for it years ago for that reason. So, yeah, this film made me fall in love. And, I mean, so beautiful, this film at times. The bride looks wonderful. The hairstyling, the costuming. I mean, how can you go wrong? She's also in That Darn Cat, which is when she's got my favorite scene in it. So, I mean... It's a great film. I mean, what can we really yeah. say about it? It's it's basic. You got a monster. You have a great ending. And Frankenstein lives on for another 20 films probably after this. I don't know how many. I've seen yeah. most of them. So that's it. Doug, did you have anything else to say you bought this week? Uh, I, I do have a few more Criterion movies that I Oh, I thought I you might have some more for the last <laughs> episode. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I got... Uh, 1999's La Llorona, La Llorona, not to be confused with the one that's in the Conjuring universe. This is yeah, I've seen I've seen that one, but not yours. Yeah, this is a foreign film. This one's from uh, I think from uh, Guadalajara, actually. Never heard of it. Uh, let's see. I got a Madawan by uh, uh, by John Sales. It's a movie I've actually never seen. I've never seen but, or heard of it. But I love John Sales as a screenwriter, so anytime I could see something from him, that's awesome. Uh, Boyhood is actually a movie since we talked about Patricia Arquette. I've seen it. Uh, and because of your recommendations, Uh-oh. Tokyo Story, Ozu. Oh, wow. Doug I've never seen it, so there. It's on the Sight and Sound list, top number six. Oh, really? Okay. On a slight and sound list. I'm, God, something I need to get back to. I think I've watched the first 30 on the sight and sound list. And it exposes me. I would recommend this to everybody. Watch the sight and sound list. I mean, I would go through first the American list is what I did first. I watched all 100 on those. The reason I can't remember what it's called. But I did. Then I went over the sight and sound list, the um, European version. And that introduced me to Ozu and Tchaikovsky and... So many wonderful films I've never heard of or seen. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I know being Canadians give a problem because I don't really expose to different languages. But you need to be exposed to different film is what I'm trying to say. Learn how people made, like see Bicycle Thief, see Breathless, see how things are filmed in different countries. I mean, Americans definitely have a different style. Lynch doesn't. Lynch has his own style. But I'm just saying yes. I'd fully recommend. So I want to see what you think of Ozu. I guess I'll have to rewatch Tokyo Story at some point. Yeah, the only problem, I think it's like it, three hours. Actually, this one is 136, so two hours, 16 minutes. So. All right, I would rewatch Tokyo yeah. Story in a second. Okay. And that's it. So before we go, I have to discuss my VOD trash film that I'm trying to bring up every episode. Yeah. So Night Shifters, if people remember, listen to other episodes. This is one of my uh, Dollar Tree pickups when I was in the States. Now, I just want to show people and tell them that since the Night Shifter, the dead will not be silenced. That's what it says on the cover. It does not tell me anyway. This is a foreign film dubbed from Spanish. Anywhere on here. Nope, nothing. You flip it over in the back, and it says nothing. It's an hour and 50 minutes of absolute boredom. Wow. It is literally witching some bad voice voiceover, which I prefer to watch it with subtitles, but I, my daughter didn't want to. And we're sitting there going, that nothing happens. Nothing. Oh, great. He's talking to the dead. He does get his wife killed off people. It's really like the highlight at the one-hour mark. And, and that's about it. it. It is terrible. Nothing happens of interest. Just absolute garbage. So if you see this for $1.25 at your local Dollar Tree, just walk by. That's all I have to say. And this will be a short episode because we just didn't have a lot to say, but that's okay. If they make it. I, I will wish David Lynch directed it 